Um, I'm not going to, to share the message that I plan to share, and that is because last night when I walked in the building, something happened to me that hasn't happened in a long time. Some of you don't know this, but I used to be an evangelist and travel and um, preach revivals and crusades and things like that. And when I would walk into the building or walk into the stadium or wherever it was that I was preaching, uh, I could sense in my spirit many times a burden that the Lord had for people that were there. And uh, how many people were there that felt like they knew him and thought that they knew him but didn't really know him. And that's what happened to me last night when I came in the building because I realized that there were many people with us last night in the service that maybe grew up in church like I did but didn't really know the Lord. And so the Lord put something on my heart during worship last night, and that's what I'm going to share with you, and it really won't take me long. I, I just have a burden that you know him and not just know about him. Uh, the, the people that I grew up with, we went to church. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We went all the time, but we didn't know the Lord. None of the guys that I grew up with knew the Lord, although we were very active in the youth group. Uh, one of the guys, after I came to know the Lord, I've gone back to all of them and tried to win them to the Lord. Uh, I, it, it, uh, it amazes me how some of them continue in their unbelief and in their sin. Uh, there was uh, one of my friends just came to know the Lord about a year ago. He came to the service here. Still has very long hair. Um, he actually, and you'll, you'll understand what I'm about to say, he... He has a prison ministry, and that is he goes back into the prisons to minister. But I'm grateful that he came to know the Lord. One of my friends, right after I came to know the Lord, I, I went to him and tried to share with him about the Lord, and he said, I, I guess I'm waiting for God to do something big. And I told him God's already done something big. And that is that he impregnated a virgin and was born of a woman, lived as a man. God lived as a man so that he could reach us and died on the cross for your sins. That's big. And he kept saying, well, I guess I just want God to prove himself to me some way. And so I finally got upset, and I was a new believer, and so maybe I shouldn't have done this, but I just said, okay, I'm going to ask God to almost kill you but spare your life so you'll know he's alive. <laughs> Sometimes when you're new believers, you know, you don't know what to pray and you get upset with people. And, and sometimes the Lord, because you're a new believer, just honors you. And on Friday night, he went out drinking like he always did, and he was driving home in his truck, and he was drunk, and his truck ran off the road, and somehow his locked door came unlocked, and he fell out of his truck in the ditch right before it hit a tree, and it was one of those trucks that, you know, they just in reports how they explode. It hit the tree and blew up in flames. The fuel caught fire somehow. And he still didn't accept the Lord. And what I've realized is that if, if you have a rebellious heart, it really doesn't matter what God does. 
God desires for us to accept Him out of a free heart, a free choice. God created everything, and He didn't want a bunch of robots down here. He wanted a bride. He wanted a bride to choose Him, to choose to love Him. And the sad fact is that all of us chose not to love Him. All of us have chosen to go our own way, to do our own thing. The Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every one of us have sinned against God. That's why every one of us must personally accept Him as Savior. Your parents can't do it for you. You can't be baptized as a baby and then get to go to heaven. You have a choice. And you have to choose God. And the sad thing is that most of us, many people, grow up in church but never choose God. Once we begin making our own decisions, I've noticed normally between the ages of 16 and 25, people really begin choosing whether they're going to serve God or not. And I do believe that you can get saved as a child. My wife got saved when she was nine years old, truly, genuinely born again. But I didn't get saved until I was 19. Because I had to make that choice. She made it when she was nine. She had to make it too. But I, I didn't want to, I wasn't ready to make that choice as a child. I wanted to go to heaven when I died, but I wanted to run my life. And I'm, I'm here to let you know in a very kind way that if you are still in charge of your life, you are not on your way to heaven. You have a choice to make, and you're the only one that can make it. Your parents can't make it for you. Your family can't make it for you. No matter how many believers, you can be married to a believer. But if you don't give your life to Christ, you'll be in hell before she ever gets the, the uh, hospital on the phone when you have a heart attack. And someone needs to tell you this. You need to know that the Christmas story that we talk about and that we sing about is not a myth. It's a reality. Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth and died for your sins. You see, God created you so you could be His bride, so you could have a relationship with Him. What do you get a God who has everything? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had perfect fellowship. What could God the Father give His Son except a bride? And so He created us in His image. If you ever want to know what God wanted, look at what He created. He created a man who had a hole in his heart. He created a, a man that had a perfect environment, no sin, and yet the man wasn't happy. Have you ever thought about this? If you want to know what God wants, what His desire is, what the desire of His heart is, why He created us, look at whom He created. He created someone in His image. And Adam is running around in the garden doing all these things, and he comes to God and says, I'm not happy. I have a desire. I have a longing in my heart for something. And what did he want? He wanted a bride. Think about it. God creates someone in his image, and the one he creates in his image wants a bride. So what, what does God want? He wants a bride. God created you for relationship. But because of sin, we can't have a relationship with Him unless something is done with our sin. God the Father creates a bride for His Son. And His bride says, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to know you. 
I don't want to walk with you. I don't want to have communion with you. And sins and turns her back on the Lord. That's us. And so God the Father says we can't have a relationship with them. There's nothing we can do. And the Son says, I can do something. I could become one of them and live a sinless life and pay for their sins. And so the Son leaves heaven, is born of a virgin, never sins, and dies the most horrible, agonizing death on the cross to pay for our sins. Now, why wouldn't we accept that? And then, in essence, says to us, all you have to do is accept me, and all of your sins are forgiven, and we can have a perfect relationship forever. But the reason that people don't accept him is because we have to yield our rights. We have to give everything to him. We can't say, I still want to be God. That's what the devil told Adam and Eve. If you eat this fruit, you'll get to be like God. And they believed him. They were already like God. But that's the problem. Each of us want to run our own life. Each of us want to be in charge. And let me just let you know, if you're here today and yet you say you believe in your mind in Jesus, but you're still in charge, you're not a believer yet. Because in order to become a believer, and that's why it hasn't worked for you. And that's why you haven't felt the peace and the joy that other people feel. And that's why it seems like when other people are getting ahead, you take one step forward and two steps backward. It's because you're still in charge. The only way to come into a relationship with God is to lay down and die, is to say, I'm going to die so that you might live through me. I'll give everything to you. I'll give all my rights to you. I want you to be the Lord, the master of my life. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. It didn't happen to me until I was 19 years old in a motel room. And in that motel room, for the first time, I remember saying these words, and I don't know how I even understood to say them, but I remember being so broken about my sin, I remember saying to God, if there's anyone who deserves to go to hell, it's me. If there's anyone on this earth who deserves eternal punishment, it's me, God. And God, I don't know how to be a Christian. I have tried to be a Christian my whole life. I've tried to do the right thing. I've gone to church. I've done all these things. And I don't know how to change. If there's any way you can change me, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes, I give you everything. I give you complete control. And when I did that, immediately, instantly, God changed me. And I walked out of that motel room totally different, and I knew I was. It's the most miraculous thing that's ever happened to me. I've never doubted it since. It was as if God reached down and picked me up like you do a small child and said, You're mine now. From now on, you're my child. And what I had heard everyone else talk about, I finally experienced it. Because I was willing to pay whatever the price was. And that is what is left out of the gospel message most of the time, is that it costs us something. It costs us everything. But what is wonderful is, if you give it all up, and listen, we have nothing to give up anyway. 
But if we give it all up, everything is on the other side. All the life, all the joy, all the happiness, all the family, all the friends, it's all on the other side. And I know in my heart that there are people here that maybe you came to see a a child that came to the Christmas program or came to see a, a grandchild in the production. Can I tell you the saddest thing in the world? If you came to see your grandchild in the production and you weren't going to spend eternity with them? Why not accept this free gift? It's free. God loves you. He didn't send His Son to die for you to ruin your life. He sent His Son to die for you to to uh, enhance your life, to actually give you life, eternal life. And I'm pleading with you today. I'm, I'm pleading with you. Accept Him. Accept Christ. Give Him your life. Don't just believe in your mind. Give Him your heart. And I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And the reason I'm going to ask you to close your eyes is because I want this to be personal between you and the Lord. I want you to know that you're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. God loves you so much that He arranged details for you to be in this service today. God doesn't want one person to perish. That's what the Bible says. He is not willing that one should perish. If you have a difficulty believing this, it's because the world has so tainted us to believe that God is impersonal, but God is personal and He cares about you. I'm I'm pleading with you. Trust me. Trust this message. Trust this feeling that you have in your heart. And give your life to Jesus today. He really doesn't desire to mess it up. He desires to bless you. No one's looking around. And I'm going to ask you some questions. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand if it applies to you. But I want to assure you of something. I'm not going to come to you or embarrass you in any way. I'm not going to point you out. I'm simply wanting you to acknowledge to me and to the Lord the desire of your heart today. So no one's looking around. This is between you and God. But I wonder how many of you would say, Robert, you're talking to me. I know God loves me. I know Jesus died for me. I I know the Christmas story. I know these things. But I really don't know if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. I really don't know. I want to know, but I really don't. And I want you to pray for me. And let me tell you again, I'm not going to come to you, point you out, or embarrass you in any way. But if that's you, would you be honest just to say, Robert, that's, that's me. I'm not right with God. I know about God. I know these things. But I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. Would you just put your hand up where I can sit and put it back down? God bless you, ma'am. And God bless you, sir, and you, sir, and you, ma'am. Anyone else? 
Don't don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. God bless you, man. Anyone else? I don't know if I die, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. Okay, with your eyes still closed, just listen to me. You don't have to walk out of here not knowing. God made something complex, very simple. And it's just a matter of our heart turning to Him. It's just a matter of us turning from our sin and turning to Christ and receiving what He did for us on that cross. That's it. And what I'd like to do, if you raise your hand and said, I really don't know, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. And as I pray out loud, I want you to just pray this silently in your heart, saying, just meaning it from your heart, God, I want to give you my life. I want to happen to me what he's talking about. So as I pray this prayer out loud, you just pray this in your heart if you really mean it. Pray this to God. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Tell him this. I ask you to forgive me for my sins and to come into my life today. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior today. In Jesus' name. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes so closed, how many of you would say, I prayed that prayer, and I really meant business with God? Would you just put your hand up and say it? You ought to be proud to put it up. Put it way up high. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. You've made the greatest decision of your life. You've made the greatest decision of your life. And I'm going to pray for you now. Father, thank you for each one of these. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you cared so much about them that you would say to me, don't preach what you were going to preach. Just share, just share about my desire to know them. And Lord, I just pray right now you will fill them with peace and with joy that it is done, it's finished, it's a complete work because of your grace, because of what you did on the cross. And, Lord, I declare by your authority to the enemy, you are on private property now. And you have to go in Jesus' name. And every spirit that has held them in bondage and lied to them and deceived them, I command you to go in Jesus' name. And, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet right now. Fill them with love and with peace and with joy that it's settled because they've turned from sin to you. Lord, thank you for each one of these. In Jesus' name.